Oh, good, good, good. Well, it's good to see you guys this morning. Thanks for coming to church. I'm glad I'm here. I came to receive. That was a that was a good word Pastor gave us. You know, we can go on home, man. I just I'll share a little with you, but boy, we had a, that was that was a good message. That that was important. That's what I tell people. People think, well, you know, your gift will make room for you. The knowledge has nothing to do with the gifts of the Spirit. That word gift there also has to do with the bribe. That's what a bribe is. Like you try to bribe. To but also, in a, but the good side is you, you really want to bless them. And, and so that's a, that's a good message. That's, that's very important. I like that a lot. Very important. Well, do you have your Bibles? Yes. Turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6 with me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Remember, I, I got some books on my book table back there. If you don't have our books, definitely get them all <laughs> and read them all. Don't just stick them on the shelf. Um, my, books are, they, they're, 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 my books are teaching books. That's what they're for. And uh, we get pastors and churches, they'll, they'll, they'll get books to use them and teach them in their Wednesday night services, Sunday school. One pastor's wife uses my, a book to do a, hold a Bible study with. That's what I like to hear. That's what, that's what they're for. Praise God. Over in Ephesians chapter 6, I want to read these verses just real quick about, this is talking about, what the, about the, the whole armor of God. But let's start with verse 10 here. The Apostle Paul said this. Now remember, Paul is speaking to all believers, which would include all of us here today, by the Holy Spirit. So this is God talking to us. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles means the, the deceptions, the tricks, the strategies of Satan. But notice by the wiles of the devil. Now this is the spirit of God talking. He, he, and he identifies that the devil's a devil. He didn't say by the wiles of just the figments of your imagination. The devil's a real, the devil's a real being. He's a fallen angel. Remember, he was created good in the beginning. His name used to be Lucifer. He was the anointed cherub. I mean, he had a big position in heaven. As far as we know, he led the music and everything in heaven. But then his sin was found in him. He sinned, and God kicked him. And, you know, he had, as far as we know, really just based on probably Revelation chapter 12, approximately a third of the other angels followed Satan, and God kicked him out of heaven. And, of course, he became evil and bad, and, um, and, and he and the fallen angels are unredeemable. They're unredeemable. I mean, if you really think about it, you know, even all the, all the evil things that have taken place on the earth is from the devil, not God. And, uh, and we need to realize that. See, a lot of the world doesn't realize that. They think, well, God, it's some kind of divine plan God has. No, God has nothing to do with what the devil's doing. All bad things come from the devil. The devil's all bad, God's all good. Even, you know, even Jesus said that. Jesus said, the thief... It comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Really, the context, when he said the thief, he's also talking about the, the, the false teachings and the deceptions that were going on in that day. But they all come, the ultimate thief, though, is the devil. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I'm come that you may have life, that you may have it more abundantly. So, so we need to understand that. And, and so the devil's a real being. He's not a figment of our imagination. He's not an evil thought. He gives evil thoughts. But he's, he's, a real, he's a real being that we have all authority and power over. 
So he said, I, I want you to stand. Put on the whole armor of God so you'll stand against the wiles of the devil. And um, this part I want you to see here, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and No matter how bad and messed up the people are, we need to realize that it's, it's, it's the devil's behind that. Evil people and, and political leaders that make stupid, dumb decisions and all the evil people in the world killing people, doing terrible things, they're, they're basically puppets in the devil's hands. You ever seen, you know, like a puppet show? You see the puppets moving? It looks like they're alive, but they're not, are they? No. They're strings. Somebody's behind there man manipulating all that. That's right. That's right. The reason that puppet does that is because of somebody else. The puppet didn't think to do that. So all the evil going on in the world through wicked men and women, see, we're to love the people. Jesus died for everybody, didn't he? Yeah. Don't get mad at them. Don't get mad at political leaders when they talk like they're three years old. Right. <laughs> don't, don't get mad at that. They're deceived by the devil. Yeah. See, bind the devil out of their lives. See, we've got to realize he's a real being. We have power there. Bind him out of their lives. Recognize he's pulling their strings because they're yielding to him. That's why they say and do ungodly, perverted, stupid things. And you, as Christians, you'll, 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 you'll see things like that, and you hear things like that on the news, and you'll think, nobody's that stupid, are they? Yeah, they are. When they listen to the devil, you think, yeah, that's, a three-year-old has more sense than that. Now, when you listen to the devil, the devil, may, he'll get people to do all kinds of just perverted, bad, evil things. But my, what I want to talk to you about uh, this morning is about the devil, about Satan and demons, and um, about their reality and our power over them. And we need to recognize who's pulling the strings. Right. So don't get mad at people. See, don't come, well, I just hate that president so-and-so, or that congressman so-and-so, or that congressman. I just can't stand them. Did you hear what they said? They want to do this. and You know, they, you, know you need to calm down. Right. Amen. See, you're, you're getting mad at them. It's like you get, I can't stand what the puppet did. Why are you getting mad at the puppet? <laughs> It wasn't the puppet that really did it. You need to find out who's pulling the strings on that puppet. There you go. Get mad at them. That's right. That's right. We got, that's, why, that's why you can love everybody with the love of Jesus, no matter how wicked, perverted, and messed up they are. Mm -hmm. Jesus loves them. He loves all of us. If it wasn't for the grace of God, we'd all be in hell. Right. That's right. right. So love people. Recognize who the enemy the enemy's not. Our enemy's not people at all. Our enemy is the devil and the demons, demons behind people. So he said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That, this, is the, this right here tells you this. But against principalities. All a principality is, I think that word messes up people. A principality is a prince over an area. That's what a principality means. Principalities against rule, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what, that's what we're dealing with. So I thought we are dealing with these, these people over here. No, they, see, they, verse 12 is what's, behind, is what's pulling the strings on those people. Right. That's what we're dealing with. Amen. That's what we need to understand. And when we realize that Jesus conquered the devil for us and we have victory and all power over him, when you realize that, then you realize that I can bind the devil out of these situations. I can bind the person controlling these people. And I can, I can, you know, and, and I can pray for God to open, to, to open up the people's hearts to listen to God's voice. And we can change God. We, I like to say it this way. I like to sick the Holy Ghost on people. Amen. Let him work. You know, you, you may come back from work and say, you know, boy, I, I just hate my job. How come? Well, my boss, man, he's, 
you know, he's, he's just a mean guy. He's got a bad attitude. He's this and this and this. I just, man, I don't like my boss. What you need to do is sick the Holy Ghost on your boss. The devil's pulling the strings. You need to start praying for your boss. Bind the devil out of his life. Tell Satan, I break your power over him. Take your hands off of his mind and his thoughts and you leave him in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I just pray the Holy Ghost will speak to him. I pray you'll send forth Christian labors to him to preach the word to him, to lead him to Jesus and, and to, begin to, to begin to give him your wisdom, your understanding on how to talk and act. And just be patient. Just keep calling it done and be patient and watch what happens. You'll come back at some point probably and say, you're not going to believe this. Oh, I will. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to believe this. My boss just gave me a raise. And he, he took me out to lunch today. I, I was wondering if it was the same boss I had for the last three years. Uh -huh. right. Wonder what happened to him. Yeah, things in the spirit realm. That's right. Or changing. Amen. Sounds like some of those strings that were being connected with the devil were broken off of him. Yeah. And he got a new connection. Now the Holy Ghost is working, working in his life instead of those demon spirits. So recognize, that's what Paul's talking about here. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's behind what's happening on behind the scenes. This will help you a lot. This, this, this will help you a lot. Now, um, I, I wanted to bring out some things too. You know, when you talk about like deliverance and Satan and demons, the doctrine of Satan and demons, um, there's a lot you can teach on, obviously. <laughs> we're, just, we're just scratching the scratch this morning. But I kind of want to go in a direction I believe God wants me to go on this. You know, uh, and, and talking about what I just shared, there, there's, a, there, there's a lot going on in the world right now. You see a lot of things on YouTube, people making movies now. They're really trying to emphasize, you know, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to cast out demons. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're, they're really trying to emphasize um, the manifestation of the demons. Jesus never did that. If you read the four Gospels, when Jesus, the Bible says he went about teaching, preaching, healing the sick, casting out demons. That's what he did. He cast out demons all the time. Right. It wasn't one demon every, you know, two years. He no, cast out demons everywhere he went, yeah. healed the sick everywhere he went, of multitudes of people. Right. But you never see Jesus um, ever, you know, you know, cast out a demon, and then for the next 10 minutes, they let the demon scream and holler, and, and, and Jesus, you know, put it on YouTube. Want to see that demon, watch what that demon do to that people. See, a lot of people today are putting on a show. And see, you've got to realize, yeah, see, the devil wants attention. That's why he manifests himself. He wants attention. Even if the people are getting free, he wants, to, he, he wants you to see, he, he wants you to see what he's doing. He wants attention. Jesus never gave the devil attention like that. Jesus said, come out, go. Come out, go. That's it. He didn't fight with the devil at all. So there's a lot of goofy stuff going on in our world today, especially among, quote, Christians and, and ministers. They're just, you know, instead of just somebody coming up to be free, you say, you come out of them and leave. They got to they gotta put on this dramatic performance, you know. Watch what this demon does when I get a little closer. Watch, watch him. He starts screaming. Watch when I step over here. Watch, he starts jumping. It's like, what is this? I'm, 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 Way show or something? See, right. that, that's that's not scriptural. That's not biblical. No. No. But we do need to recognize. Listen, we do need to recognize who our enemy is. That's the thing. We need to recognize who our enemy is. But we need to recognize who our enemy is through the word. See, another thing you want to you want to be aware of is people. You know, they'll they'll say, well, you know, we got this new member of our church. Uh, you know, he he just got saved. He was a Satan worshiper. 
and, um, and all kinds of demonic stuff, and we're going to have him teach a course on, on Satan and demons. No, you don't need him to teach a course on Satan and demons. He needs to grow in the word first. Right. You remember, uh, it started in the very beginning with Adam and Eve. Remember when Satan came to Adam and Eve and tempted them? God said, don't eat of that tree. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, don't eat of that tree. It wasn't because God didn't want them to know about good and evil. He said, don't eat of that tree. And of course they did. They, they listened to the devil. And they learned about good and evil. See, God's not opposed to us understanding about good and evil. He's not opposed to us knowing about Satan and demons and the devil's kingdom. What, what, what he's opposed to us, uh, is, is opposed to us, is learning about it through the devil. See, that's what happened. God would have taught them everything he wanted to know about good and evil, but he didn't want it to come through the devil's way. Right. And that's the way it came when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They, they, they came the wrong way. And see, when you come the wrong way, then you'll get deceived. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's so if you have somebody come in and teach on Satan and demons that used to be you know, way some warlock or some Satan worshiper, yeah, he knows about Satan and demons, but you need to make sure he's really saved and, and first of all, you need to make sure he's been in the Word for a while. Because, see, the, the devil will try to even work through that. The devil's very subtle. He'll try to work through, well, he's a Christian. Well, no, he needs to get enough Word in him. Because, yeah, the devil will try to work through that to try to, to, try to slip in some, some, um, some deceptive ideas and teaching, thinking it's got to be God because this is a Christian that's teaching this. No, he, he needs to be in the Word for a good while. He needs to be a mature Christian before you let him start teaching. So, so God's not opposed to us knowing about good and evil. I mean, this Bible tells us all about the devil, all about good and evil. But when you learn about good and evil through this book right here, you're learning it through the word. God's teaching it to you, not the devil. You won't be deceived. That's right. Amen, y'all. I know I heard the story, I think it was, um, I think it was uh, uh, General Patton, may, may have been him years ago. I don't remember who he was fighting, who the other general was. Who, who did, back then, was it the Germans they were fighting back then? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know who the leader was or the other general on the, on the enemy side was, but I think it was General Patton, I may be wrong, but um, um, General Patton was um, uh, reading a book and, uh, one day, and I guess it was maybe one of his aides was right there, and his aide said, um, isn't that the general so-and-so? I mean, the general of the enemy's camp? What are you reading his book for? Isn't that his book he wrote? And, and Pat, General Pat said, yeah, it is. And the, of course, his assistant said, well, what are you reading the enemy's book for? Yeah. We're fighting them. What are you reading his book for? And General Patton said, because we need to know our enemy. I want to know how that guy, yeah. I want to know how he thinks. I want to know how he believes. I'm finding out about my enemy. But see, you've got to find out the right way. See, that's my point. Right. Not, through the, not through the enemy teaching you. Right. You think he's going to teach you what, you what God wants you to know? No, no, no. He's a liar. He's a father of lies. We want to learn about our enemy through God teaching us through this book right here. And that's what we need to do. But one thing I've noticed that, um, yeah, even during my lifetime, but in the, overall in the world, uh, especially nowadays, a lot of people don't even believe, it. like I said, they don't even believe in a real devil. Mm -hmm. They just think that's, you know, that's something in your genes or you just had a, a rough upbringing. 
you know, things like that. Yeah. You know, that's why, you, you know, we, uh, all these people that are in jail, that murder people, kill people, do terrible things, wicked, evil, things like that, you know, you, you think, well, we need to, it, we, you know, you put them in jail, but being in jail, it doesn't change them. See, that's why they use the word recidivism. There's a lot of recidivism. That means going, keep going back into doing the same thing. Yeah. In jail, they don't, they, they don't get changed in jail unless they get saved. See, most of them, see, they got demon spirits in them that's manipulating them to do what they do. Right. So they go to jail for 20 years. They, they're, they're a mass murderer. They go to jail for 20 or 30 years. They get out. The demon's still in them. The demon that motivated them to kill those people is still in them. Yeah, you can put a nice suit on them, you know, and try to make them try to make them feel part of society. But they, they, until they until they get delivered, you better watch out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See, what was pulling the strings is still there. You haven't broken those strings off in their lives yet. That's right. Amen. But see, the world doesn't know that. They think, well, he's been thirty years. He paid. He did his dues for his crime. He's he's a new man now. No, he's not a new man. The only way to become a new man is say, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord, and I believe God raised you from the dead. That's how you become a new man. You've got to be born again. Amen. And so that's why we need to be aware of who our real enemy is. And, and yeah, you love people like that, of course. Pray for them. Minister to them. Definitely pray for them to be free if they want to be free. And, and you show, remember, they're not our enemy. The devil behind them is. But don't let the devil trick you into thinking, well, oh, this mass murderer, oh, no, he's a loving, wonderful man now. Yeah, why? Oh, because he was in jail for 30 years. That's not how, demons don't leave because you're in jail for 30 years. No. no. I would just tell you, maybe, oh, I'm, I hope he has changed. But I know that if there were demons manipulating him to do what he did, they don't leave because he went to jail. That doesn't make demons come out of people. No. I would just tell you, beware. Of what, beware. Yeah. Lock your doors. Keep your eye on that person. Be loving and kind to them. But I'd watch, I'd keep my eye on them. Now, if they come to a church and you have a deliverance service and you, you can, I mean, by, you can tell they've got free. Now, that's a different story. Yeah. Now, they're a new person now. That's right. Amen. Now, they're a new person. Now, I can trust them. Those strings have been broken. But they still got to get full of the word of God. Right. But see, all this started, though, about, about, you know, not believing there's a real devil just thinking it's a figment of our imagination or blaming God for it. This didn't just start in the last 20 years. I just want to give you just a brief, a brief history lesson here. Back in the, in the 4th century, that would be probably between like 300 and 400 A.D. Good while ago. Back in the 4th century, there was a man named St. Augustine. Ever heard him? A named St. Augustine. So get the picture. This is about three or f in, in, in between three and 400 A.D. So three to 400 years after what we'd call after Jesus was here, after the church age. Yeah. Now, remember, what we just read here from the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Ephesians, this book, Ephesians, this would, this would have been written somewhere probably between like probably 50 A.D. and, you know, in, in 190 A.D. or somewhere. It might have been 60 or 70 A.D., something like that. So, St. Augustine, he lived between three and 400 A.D., and back then he was a renowned theologian and prolific writer. In other words, he was one of the Latin fathers of the church. And in Roman Catholicism, he was recognized as a doctor of the church 
my whole point is, he was, he was like, you know, like they're, they're probably their Mother Hagen, their Oral Roberts, their Smith Wigglesworth. He was who, 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 who the so-called church back then looked up to, was St. Augustine. I mean, he, he, was, a, he was a philosopher, and, uh, but, but listen, to, listen to what he was teaching people here. Now, I, 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 have a, I read this out of a book, that's what I like about this, a book called uh, God at War by Gregory Boyd, Bible and Spiritual Conflict. And he says this about St. Augustine that I didn't know about. He said, Augustine admitted explicitly, now this is probably one of the top leaders of the church back then, between three and 400 A.D. We're way up here in 2023 now. And we're thinking, wow, the world's just gotten so bad. They don't believe in the devil anymore. Don't believe in God. You know, that, that's not anything new. This is one of the major church leaders back then. Not, not an enemy of the church. That's, that's, that's bad enough that when one of the major church leaders, this is what they're teaching, the church, well, then the world's going to really be a mess if the church is messed up. But he said, Augustine admits explicitly, for God there is quite literally no evil. Evil does not exist at all, Augustine says, and not only for God, but for, for God's created universe, because there's nothing outside it which could break in and destroy the order which you have imposed upon it. In other words, he says, God, evil doesn't exist, and for God there is no evil, and for, for the universe we're in, there can't be an evil, since God's got everything under control here, he, he wouldn't allow that in here. That, that, that's, that's the way they were thinking. Now listen to this, and I'll explain this. He says, the central difference in perspectives between the New Testament, that's all the way back during Paul's day, between the New Testament and early post-apostolic church. Post-apostolic church means the, the, the few years after the church age, like up until Augustine, you know, into the 2nd century, 3rd century, 4th century. On the one hand, unanimously locates the ultimate reason for why there's evil in the world and the evil will of Satan. In other words, he's saying that up until like Augustine time, and that from, from Jesus' time all the way, you know, first, second, third, fourth centuries, the church fully believed that the evil in the world is from a real being. His name's Satan. He's evil. There are demons in the world. They believe that. But then he says... While the post-Augustine church, that means after Augustine, while the post-Augustine church and the whole of the classical philosophical tradition following him tends to paradoxically to locate the ultimate rationale for evil within the mysterious, omnibenevolent, all-encompassing will of the creator. Now what that means is that after Augustine, they, they started, the church started believing that all evil in the world is really coming from God. See, God is benevolent. But they said they believe in the omnibenevolence of God. In other words, they believe God is good and evil. So they just believe God is like, almost like a, he, he's the puppet master. And he, all the evil in the world, God has some mysterious will for all this people, uh, all people getting killed and, and raped and murdered and, and, and blasphemed. Uh, all this is God's mysterious will. But the good things happen to people. That's God's will too. Now see, you say, well, who are we going to need to know that for? Because if you think that any bad thing is happening to you, if you really think God's doing that, you're not going to put forth any effort to resist it. Wow. You don't want to rebuke God. Right. That's good. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's right. So you won't have any faith. See, but when you're convinced, any, any, any evil thing 
that, that's coming against your life, evil thoughts, anything, when you know, when you're convinced, that's the devil. That's not God's will for me. And I got all authority and power over the devil. You got a right to run that out of your life. You don't have to put up with that junk in your life. But if you think, maybe this is God's mysterious will and God's teaching me something, this is going to help me grow spiritually or something, then you're, you're not going to resist it. And the devil's going to sit in his chair over there. He's going to laugh his head off because he knows he's doing it. But he's got you thinking God's doing it. And because you think God's doing it, you don't want to rebuke God. You just kick back and let the devil beat you to pieces. And think, I don't know why God's doing this to me, but I'm not as smart as God. It's just his mysterious will. See, that's what, after Augustine, that's the way the church thought. That's from, from the 4th century until now. So this isn't something new. And how much more messed up it is in the world today. Got so many false doctrines, false religions, cults, occults, big mess out there. That's why, that's why we got to get this. But see, a lot of Christians, they're going to all that junk to try to learn about the devil. Wrong way to learn about the devil. You don't let the devil teach you about him. You get your Bible out. Get, get the scriptures out and learn about the devil that way. I know um, oh, uh, I, uh, uh, several, oh, I guess it's probably been about a year or so ago, I was... Um, talking to a man, uh, there's a man on the internet that has a Bible school on the internet, I think he has a few hundred students around the world on, in his internet Bible school, and um, I, I was talking to him, and he, he we, we talked, and he said he, he wanted to talk to me about being uh, one of his teachers in his internet Bible school. Now, that's real, that's like waving, you know, a, a stake in front of a lion. I mean, I'm a Bible teacher. You know, that's what I love to do is teach the Bible. I, I, I do it teaching church all the time, but especially Bible schools, because in Bible schools, I have a lot more time to teach. It's not just, you know, one service. I can teach, you know, for, you know, 10 hours or 10. I can really cover a lot that way. And that, that's my heart. I want to get as much of the Word of God into people as I can into the whole body of Christ. And, uh, and you know, so I, I, was, I thought, and I knew this guy. See, the, the background of this guy, he was what you could say one of us from our, quote, camp. He, was a, he, he had a word faith church, you know, that taught the word. But apparently he had, I don't know what all happened, but uh, uh, a, a lot of stuff happened in his life. And, uh, but I thought, you know, this is, this is the, I, I, I assume he's a real word faith man. I mean, just stands solid on the word. So I thought, man, praise God. I hope, I hope this works out. I love to do, be one of his teachers. And um, so we, we did a Zoom deal and, and we talked probably about 45 minutes or so. And basically he did most of the talking. And um, he shared with me all the ways he believes, and uh, I could not believe my ears. He, you know, he said, he, he let me know there's no such thing as a real devil at all. And then I said, well, what about, I said, what about Jesus in, in, the, in, in the wilderness when it says Satan came and tempted him? I said, do you believe that was just that?" just evil thoughts in his mind. It wasn't a real being that came out there to tempt him. He said, yeah, that's all that was. He just had bad thoughts. <laughs> and this is on Zoom now. I'm, I'm trying to keep a smile on my face, but of course in my mind I'm thinking, man, you are done. <laughs> You've lost it, buddy. And, and that he doesn't believe Jesus is really going to come back at the second advent to the earth. I mean, oh, on and on and on. I mean, I mean he, these are serious things. I mean, I realize I'm listening to him. I'm thinking, you know, you are a false prophet and a false teacher. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, you know, if I believe women should have long hair and Pastor, you know, Mike believes they should have, have short hair, that's, not, that, that's okay. That doesn't make you a false prophet. But when it's salvation critical, when it's serious doctrines of the church that you're denying, yeah, I realize I got all, you know, he said, he said, he said well, you know, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I'd like you to teach in my, in my Bible school. I said, I can't do that. I said, you'll fire me the first month, Pastor. <laughs> he said, no, I won't. I said, I don't agree. I don't believe like you do. You're not going to like what I teach. Yeah. He said, no, we'd like to have teachers in our Bible school. I said, that may work. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If you hear what I teach, I teach straight word. If you know what I teach, you will find me the first month or sooner. Promise you that. Wow. Plus, you know, I didn't tell them this. I thought, plus, I don't want anybody to think, you know, that I, I agree with his false teaching, That's the right. garbage he's putting out. But that really disappointed me. Really disappointed me because I was really excited because I, I, I thought I knew who he was before, but I thought, man, this guy got deceived major time, big time. I don't know what all happened to him. But boy, that, that, but, but this, this was a pastor of a Word of Faith church. That's why we've got we to gotta keep ourselves full of the Word of God. Now, when you think about the devil and demons and God and angels, you know, there's two kingdoms. There's God's kingdom. It's called the kingdom of light or the kingdom of God. And then there's the devil's kingdom called the kingdom of Satan or the kingdom of darkness. Now, when you think about a kingdom, a kingdom means, uh, just like it's spelled, K-I-N-G-D-O-M. It would be, D-O-M stands for domain. King, the king's domain. So a kingdom really means the king's domain. Uh, a, a, king, a king of a kingdom has a domain. That means he has an area. You could say, you know, our nation isn't a kingdom, but if we call the United States a kingdom, the president's uh, domain in this kingdom would be all 50 states of our nation. China's not his domain. Africa's not his domain. So, see, he has no authority in those places. So, Satan, is, Satan has a kingdom. It's called the kingdom of darkness, but he has a domain. We need to realize that. Don't, you don't need to turn to these verses. But let me just remind you something. Satan's kingdom is called, is called, the king, is called Satan's kingdom. Over in Colossians, it's called the kingdom of darkness. Over in Luke, um, it talks about that his kingdom influences the kingdom of this world system. I'm talking about his domain. Remember when, when, when the devil uh, talked to Jesus in the world, and he said he took him up on a high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of this world? He said, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give them all to you. I remember I, I was preaching that one day after the service. Somebody came up to me and said, you know, that was a lie. That was just, the devil's a liar. He was just lying to Jesus. He couldn't have been lying to Jesus. Right. Or Jesus wouldn't have fallen for a fault. That would have been a temptation yeah. if he's lying. Plus, the devil got those kingdoms from Adam and Eve when they fell. Right. That's where he got that from. But it shows that his kingdom can influence, influence the, all the kingdoms in the world. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about his domain. But another way to understand about uh, his domain is th there are things he can't do. Remember Job? Remember, all the way back to Job, Satan came. It says Satan came to God and killed Job. But God wouldn't let him. Mm -hmm. See, he, he, even back then, before Calvary, he had a domain he had to stay in. Right. He said, he's in your hand, but that was Job's fault, if you, if you study the book of Job. But he said, even though he's in your hand, 
and he could make them sick and do bad things to them. But God let him know that you can't kill them. In other words, he put a domain, he put a limit on what he could do. Over in the book of Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, where it talks about God won't let us be tempted above that which we're able, which we're able to overcome. He put a, he put a, he put a limit, even on the devil today. This is the New, the New Testament now. The new covenant we're living in, God's even let the devil know. See, the devil's defeated, but God's even let us know he's told the devil. See, the devil can still attack us and, 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 and tempt us and put thoughts in our head, but God's even let them know you cannot tempt them above what they're able to overcome. So he, there's even a limit right there. So that's talking, that's talking about his domain. He, he has a domain. But now, let's, let's talk about us a little bit. Turn over to Colossians 2.15 real quick. Just a couple books over there. Colossians chapter 2.15. You know, anytime I teach on Satan and demons, you know, I don't want to, I, I like to, uh, I want to get a good, a good deal from the word that talks about our victory over the devil. Because I don't like to spend a lot of time even talking about the devil, I would spend more time talking about Jesus. But like, if it, like the general back then, you know, he's reading his enemy's book. You know, he said, well, "You need to know your enemy. Mm-hmm. You need to know who you're fighting." Against. Right. And isn't that what Paul? That first verse we read, Paul said, "We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the dark, evil rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places." In other words, he's letting us know our enemy are spirit beings, and we need to know something about them. And not only how they function and operate, see, that's important to understand the way they work, how they try to deceive people, but the most important thing we need to know is how that Jesus conquered them, that we have total power and victory and authority and dominion over them. Now, over in Colossians 2, verse 15, these are things that um, I want to show you real quick that I like to remind myself to stir up my faith, keep reminding me of my victory over the devil. You know, when you hear about all the evil junk on the news and the terrible things happening in the world, the devil wants to use that to try to get you depressed. Right. That's right. To try to want to just get you to say, let's I just give up. I think I'll just die and go into heaven and get out of this mess. Mm-hmm. No, we need you down here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, the devil knows that. See, as long as you're down here as a believer, you've got authority and power over the devil. Mm-hmm. God can use you in messing up what the devil's doing. That's right. exactly. And he knows that. Amen. And and his goal is I need to get them off the earth. See, he doesn't care so much whether you and I go to hell or heaven. Did you know that? He just wants you off the planet. Once you get off the planet, you have no authority down here. You can't, you can't do a thing to what he's doing. You can't help anybody down here once you get off the planet. No, you're not up in heaven praying and God's setting people free down here. It doesn't work that way. No scripture cover, can, uh, proves that. Once you leave the earth, then the devil, he's glad you're gone. You cannot hurt his kingdom anymore. You can't win any more people to Jesus. You can't cast out any more demons out of people on this earth once you leave the planet. So remember that. You're very important. And I don't care how old you are. I've told my parents that. They're both 88. You know, you get a lot of, you get uh, older people like that. They may get up in their 80s and 90s or even older. And, and usually they're at home all the time. They may not be going out at all. And, they, and, and they'll get to thinking, you know, what good's my life now? You know, I mean, I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck in the house. And, you know, I, I can't, I, I move really slowly. You know, what good am I at? Are you born again? Are you baptized with the Holy Ghost and the power of God? See, if you are, you, you're, 
you still have authority down here. Right. Has, you could be 110 years old, and you could, you, you could be 110 years old in a wheelchair all the time, can't even walk, living in a, a, in a, in a nursing home. And if you know how to pray, God could use you in your nursing home. You're 110, you can't even walk, and you're in a nursing home. You go nowhere. You're in a nursing home, but you know how to pray. God can use you while you're in your nursing home and praying and cause a revival to take place in Australia. That's right. Isn't that neat? <laughs> you don't have to go over there. Right. Amen. Because you're changing things in the spirit realm that the devil's doing in Australia to prevent revival. You're over here in a nursing home in a wheelchair and you can't even walk. And you're binding the devil out of Australia. Mm -hmm. And God is tearing down his kingdom over there. And all of a sudden, revival burst out. And you may never know that until you get to heaven. Right. But then you get to heaven, and, and whoever the great evangelist is that goes over there, that they give him credit for the revival, yeah. he may walk up to God and, you know, ready for God to say, hey, good job, we, we, you had revival in Australia because you went over there and preached. He walks up to God, kind of waiting for God to say that, and God, God gives him a great reward, of course. But God says, no, you didn't... I didn't use you to start this revival. Then he goes over against this person who's now in a new body, but who used to be in a wheelchair, didn't go anywhere, lived in a nursing home. God says, no, he did that. She did. I did that through her. Nobody knew her at all. But that's really why the evangelist was able to have revival in Australia. So I like to tell people that, especially as you get older. So, so you don't give up and think, well, I just all die and go on to heaven and get off the planet. You know, I can't even get out of my chair now. I can't even go anywhere. No. Does your mouth work? Right. Still got faith in God? Yeah. I'm telling you, the devil knows that. The devil, no matter how physically feeble you may be, you can still pray and speak the word. And the devil, you are a major threat to the devil. And he knows that. He's hoping you won't figure that out. He's hoping you'll just feel sorry for yourself and get depressed. I'm just not like I used to be. I can't hardly do anything now. I'll just die and go on to heaven. Oh, and the devil's saying, that's right, you ought to. You need to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to that. Don't that's fall right. for his lies. That's right. See, that's why you got to understand this. And you need to, when you hear stuff like that in your head, you need to say, I recognize you, Satan. No. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm a threat to you. Right. Yeah, I know you want me to get out of here. Now, now that I know what you're, what the wiles of the devil, now that I know your strategy, I'm going to start praying in tongues more than I ever have. That's right. I'm going to start speaking the word of God over people, places, and things. I'm going to get in the word more than I ever have. Until, no matter how old I am, until I leave this earth to go to heaven, I'm going to let God use me in the biggest way he can and wreck in your kingdom, devil. Just yes. because you're trying to get me to die. That's right. I'm not dying. You don't have to be behind this pulpit to wreck the devil's kingdom at all. That's right. We just get behind the pulpit to teach you how to wreck the devil's kingdom when you go out where the devil's kingdom is out there. That's right. Amen. Boy, this is good preaching, y'all. Praise God. Thank you, Father. This is how I motivate myself at home. This is how you can do it too. Speak to yourself. Rise up and be the church. Now over in Colossians 2 verse 15, this is just a good verse. This is what the devil, what Jesus did to the devil. And having spoiled principalities and powers, that includes Satan, all demons, all sickness, disease, poverty, lack, curses, all evil of every kind. Having spoiled them, the word spoil means to disarm, to, to, to defeat, to conquer. 
having spoiled principalities and powers, Jesus made a show of them openly. This was 2,000 years ago when he died and rose from the dead, triumphing over them in it. In it refers in his death, burial, and resurrection. He spared them, he conquered them. Now, remember, when he did that, because of our identification with Christ, because everything he did was for you and me, the Bible tells us when he did that, we did that. So I like to remind the devil of that sometimes. I'll say, Satan, let me just remind you that through Jesus' death and resurrection, because I was in him when he did this 2,000 years ago, I spoiled you. I spoiled you and all your demons, all your sickness, disease, death, poverty, lack, all evil. All your life, I spoiled you. I disarmed you. I conquered you. I triumphed over you through Jesus' death and resurrection. Your head's now crushed on the hills of my feet. I tell you what, the devil won't hang around to hear that kind of talk all the time. He'll go ahead and leave. That's like cussing to the devil. He don't want to hear that kind of stuff. He wants to find Christians that don't know that. So he can deceive them. Because they're not taking time to get in this book and learn about their enemy. Praise God. Now turn over to Revelation. Revelation chapter 1. I'm just showing a few scriptures I like to remind myself. I'm always reminding myself of my victory in Christ. That's how you keep yourself spiritually pumped up all the time. And especially when you hear about, the, like I said, the bad news and all the evil lies and false doctrines in the world today. Right? See, you start hearing that stuff, the devil's trying to feed your thoughts, trying to get you to start kind of getting down or getting depressed. No, you need to get your Bible out and say, I'm done, I'm turning that TV off, I'm done with that news. Get your Bible, go back to your room and start pumping yourself up. Get these scriptures out and start, start preaching to you this morning. I mean, what I'm doing this morning, this is what I do at home by myself. I'm just letting y'all hear me talk to me. I just got a crowd this morning. This is what I do. This is what you need to do. Revelation 1.18, Jesus said this. It's in red. He said, I am he that lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. That means so be it. And I have the keys. Say keys. keys. I have the keys of hell and of death. I have the keys of hell and of death. Now, keys represent authority. Jesus said, I have the keys of hell and of death. Mm-hmm. See, the devil doesn't even have his own keys. Right. Jesus has the keys. Yeah. And we know as Christians, we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. So whatever he has, we have. Right. See, Jesus got the keys of hell and of death, and he's given them to us. When Jesus says, I have the keys, that means you have the keys. When, when, when he says, I have the keys, right then I stop and say, I have the keys. Right. I'm in Christ, he's in me. He has the keys of hell and death. I have the keys of hell and death. I like to remind the devil of that too. I like to say, Satan, you only have your own keys. I got your keys. Yeah, I got your keys to your kingdom. I'm just thinking about that sometime. Just kind of ponder that for a while. I got the keys to the devil's kingdom. Wow. He's the head of his entire kingdom of all demons, of all evil, of every kind, and I have his keys. I have authority. I have the keys of hell and of death. That's good. That's good. I mean, that, that's, that's good right there. Yeah, that is good. But then over, turn over to Matthew 28. I know you know these, but let's look at them again. This is how you pump yourself up. Build up your faith. You've got to keep reminding yourself of these verses that you may have known for 40 years. Matthew chapter 28. After Jesus arose from the dead, you remember what he said? Verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, I want you to think about that. He said, all power, now for me, all means all. How about you? That's right. 
All power, all authority, all power is given unto who? Jesus. Where? In heaven and in earth. Now, think about this, first of all. There, there are really three, three uh, worlds. There's heaven, there's earth, and there's hell. Heaven, earth, and hell. Think about that. Heaven, earth, hell. Three worlds. Now, God, we, in Christ we already have the keys of hell and of, earth, of, hell and of death. So we've got hell covered, don't we? That, we don't have to think about that world. We have the devil's keys. That means he can't. Whoever has keys is the one who has authority. See, if I have the keys to your car, I can drive your car when I want to. I don't care what you say. <laughs> See, I have the keys of hell. I don't care what the devil says. If he tries to tell me, he tries to boss me, I'm going to put sickness on you. I'm going to wreck your life, wreck your family, wreck your kids. I'll tell I don't care what you say. I got your keys. Who are you talking to? You're stupid, devil. I got your keys. Mm -hmm. I have all authority and power over you in hell. And the devil knows that. He's just hoping you won't really get confident in that. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want you to really get developed in that where you're convinced that's true. Because God's convinced it's true. That's right. We need to become as convinced as God is. I got the key, so hell's covered. But Jesus arose from the dead and said, I have all power in heaven and earth. Those are other two worlds. Jesus said, I have all power in heaven and earth. And we're on the earth, aren't we? Mm -hmm. The devil is demons on the earth. You know, there's no, they're not in hell. They're not in hell right now. That's right. That doesn't happen until after Jesus comes back. Right. And they're really not going to go to hell. God's going to take the devil and all his demons and hell at the whole compartment of hell and throw them all in the lake of fire right. to burn forever. They're not in hell. The devil and his demons are all, all over the earth. You just don't see them. It's in the spirit realm. Remember, they're the puppets that you don't see. It's in the spirit realm. So they're on the earth. We're on the earth. So there's heaven and earth left now. We already got hell covered. We got the keys down there. And Jesus said, I have all authority and power in heaven and on earth. I have all authority and power in heaven and on earth. Well, how much would that leave the devil on the earth? How much? None. None. Zero. Now, yes, he does have power in his kingdom with his subjects and everything like that. But none over us. He's still a, he's still a, a spirit being. He's still a fallen angel. Angels are powerful. But Jesus said, I have all authority and power in heaven and on earth. We're on earth. The devil's on earth. If Jesus has all authority and power, that leaves him zero. Say, so, well, how's that help us? Well, because of the next verse. After Jesus said that, verse 19, he said, Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And, Lord, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Well, as soon as Jesus said, go ye, the interpretation for go ye is, I give you all this authority and power. Yeah. That's why he delegated it to the church. Mm -hmm. Jesus let us know, first of all, hey, I have all authority and power. I already gave you the keys of hell and of death. So you got that world covered. That's done. Don't need to think about that. In other words, you don't need to think about the devil at all. You got his keys. That means you have authority. That's right. So you're, you're his boss now. I'm the devil's boss. We're master over the devil. We have the keys. And Jesus said, now, so I've given you those keys, we've got hell covered. And I want to tell you, now I have all power in heaven on earth, and now I delegate it to you. You go now with all my authority and power. So as Christians, because we're in Christ, we have all authority and power in heaven and on earth, and we have all authority and power over the devil in hell. We've got all three worlds covered, don't we? you got it made, my brother and sister.
You got it made. And you know what? That's true in your life, even if you're 110 years old in a nursing home in a wheelchair and can't even walk. You still get to operate all that authority and power. You know how you release it? Through the words of your mouth. As long as your mouth still works, doesn't matter how, what shape your body's in, as long as your mouth still works, man, you can, you can destroy Satan's works all over the world from your nursing home sitting in your wheelchair. Right. Amen. Praise God. That's, God. That's good. I like that. I like that a lot. Now, remember the verse over, well, let's turn, let's, we're in Matthew. Go to Matthew 16 real quick. Let me just a few more minutes and I'll stop. I want you to come back tonight. Matthew chapter 16. Remember what, um, after Peter said, you know, he had the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. In Matthew 16, let, let, I was going to read verse 19, that's where I'm going, but let's read verse 18 first. And Jesus said, it says, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. Peter means a stone, but really a little stone. And upon this rock, the rock, the, the word rock there means a massive, but it's more than just, it's not just the person of Jesus, it's the revelation. See, Peter's not the rock the church is built upon. Right. Jesus is the rock, but it, the, the Peter, Jesus identifying Peter as a rock, as a little stone, and Jesus is the big stone of the big rock, is it, it, to emphasize that the whole rock symbolism is the revelation that Peter had that Jesus is the Christ. The rock is a revelation of who Jesus is. And if you're born again, you have a revelation of Jesus. He's your Lord and Savior. He's your foundation now. So Jesus said, upon this rock, referring to not just himself, but the revelation of who he is, upon this rock I will build my church, that's us, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, can you see why the gates of hell can't prevail against us? After what, the verses we just looked at? Because of the three worlds? I just, we got the keys of hell? We got all authority and power in heaven on earth? Well, yeah. If Jesus said the gates of hell won't prevail against you, you'd say, well, well I know, Lord. How can they? I got the devil's keys. I got all your authority and power in heaven on earth. And I'm on the earth. The devil's on the earth. He has none. I, because you gave it all to me, I got it all. It's obvious. Of course, the devil, of course the devil can't prevail against the church. He doesn't have a chance. Right. But see, that's, that's because, see, I, I've studied. I have knowledge of this. See? I've learned it from God through the Word, the correct way, to learn about my enemy and about my victory over the devil. But because I know this. See? But see, most Christians in the world don't know what I just, what, just what I've taught this morning. There you go. I'd say most Christians do not have a reality of this. They're scared of the devil. They, they're superstitious. Well, that person put a curse on me. You, you can't curse whom God's blessed. We're the blessed of the Lord in Christ. You cannot curse whom God's blessed. Like I say, the devil can, he can get every demon off every person on the whole planet come to, come to our house, camp in our front yard all night long and just speak curses over me and Leah all night long. We're going to sleep like a baby. And every, everything he speaks on is, is going to bounce right back on him. Because right. he can't curse us. Right. You can't curse him, God's blessed. Yeah. Plus, I got your keys. That's right. You have no authority over me. <laughs> You're just a big mouth. Yeah. There you go. Take the whole week and bring all your demons and camp in the front yard. Speak curses 24-7. Do you do what you want? That means nothing. There you go. 
won't phase us a drop. That's right. Right. Not one drop. And see, the devil knows that. You know, that's why he doesn't come do that. He goes to try to find Christians that are scared, that are full of fear, that don't know who they are in Christ, that will believe that he can really curse them. And then he, he just wrecks their lives. That's why we've got to get the word. The truth is what sets you free, Jesus said. We've got to get the word to people. Well, I'll close with this. You're, you're in Matthew 16. Look over to your right to Matthew 17. Over here. Remember this story? All this, all the, all, all this is about us, us walking in victory. It's about faith. You've got to have faith in God. God's a faith God. It's faith that activates the power. This isn't something, you're not waiting for a special feeling to know this works. You just got to believe, you read it in the word and you have to make the decision, I choose to believe what God said. God said I have all power and authority over the devil. I believe that. I'm going to start talking like that and acting like that. And I'm not going to listen to his lies anymore. Now over in Matthew 17, this is a great story over here. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But remember, this is the story where um, um, this man came to Jesus because his son had a demon in him. And first of all, he brought his son to the disciples, of course, and the disciples could not get the boy free from this demon. So Jesus came along about that time after the disciples failed, and the, the, the boy's father came to Jesus. And um, look at verse, verse 15. He said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he, he is lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Notice that he said they could not cure him. Could not do something implies they were not able. They did not have the ability or, another word for that, the power. So, so the father's assuming the reason the disciples could not get the demon out of the boy and set him free is because of a lack of power, right? right. They, they, they couldn't cure him. They didn't have enough power or ability to cure him. Now, when Jesus responds to this father, he gives them the answer. Watch what Jesus says, though. If it was a lack of power, look at verse 17. Jesus would have said this. Then Jesus answered and said, you're right, O powerless. O powerless and perverse generation. But Jesus didn't say that, did he? He said, O faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. So right there, whether they realize it or not, Jesus told them why they couldn't get the boy free. It wasn't a lack of power. It was a lack of faith. That's what it was. There's a lack of faith. And that's the last thing Christians like to hear. See, if I come to you and say, you know, your problem is you don't have enough, you're not strong enough in your faith. You're in unbelief. Man, you make Christians mad when you do that. Now, if I say, you know, the reason it's not working is because your, your spouse doesn't have enough, it's not strong enough in faith. The president's not strong enough. The congressman. They don't care if I pick anybody, but when I point my finger at them, all Christians, they'll rise up and say, hey, don't tell me I don't have faith. And then they'll give me a list of how wonderful they are. I read the Bible three hours a day. I pray four hours a day. I go to church four times a week. I win ten people to the Lord every week. I feed the people on the bridge every week. And they go through the whole list of good works. That has nothing to do with faith. Right. What's that got to do with whether you got faith for, 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 for that boy's deliverance? But see, most of the world thinks that well, if I have this great list of all my, my resume of how wonderful I am, no, that doesn't mean you still don't. You still may not believe that you have power over the devil. Right. But Jesus, he said, you're faithless. Now watch this, verse 18. And Jesus rebuked the devil and fought with them all day long, and they put it on YouTube and Facebook, 
and they made sure they showed all the, 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 the slobber coming out of the boy's mouth and how he did several flips while he was doing this and, and, and he picked up a chair and tried to hit Jesus with it. No, they didn't put on a show for anybody. Because Jesus knew this isn't about the devil. This is about getting the boy free. We're not, we're not, we're not going to try to give the devil any credit for anything. So it says, and Jesus rebuked the demon, and he departed out of him. That was it. Wham. Devil leave. We're done. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured for that very hour. So it worked. Then, now watch this. He already told him the reason you didn't get the devil out of the boy wasn't a lack of power, it was lack of faith. You were faithless. And he's going to tell him again a second time now. This is going to be the second time he tells them. Because they came to him, verse 19, they came to him by themselves. Now, the crowd wasn't there. And they came to the, the disciples came to Jesus apart and said, it's like, again, Lord, why couldn't we cast him out? They were really, upset. obviously they were upset. You know why they were so upset? Listen now, you've got to get the background of this. This is in Matthew 17. So that means they've been, you know, they've been doing this over in Matthew chapter, chapter, I think it's 10 verse 1 or Luke 9 1, probably several months before then. Who knows, it may have been a year or two before then. But way, way before then, that's when Jesus gave them authority and power in his name to cast out demons and to heal the sick. They've been doing that all up until this time. See, that's why they're so shocked. And it worked uh, uh, all the way up until this, this. As far as we know, this is the first time they came to a person, commanded the devil to leave, and nothing happened. That's why they were surprised. They were thinking, wow, this did it the last 430 times we ministered, cast devils out of people. What happened now? That's why they, that's why they came to Jesus personally. So get the background. They, they, were, they were stunned. And they said, verse 19, they said, why could not we cast it out? In other words, we've been doing this for the last 15 months. And every demon we've commanded to leave has left. Why couldn't we get this one? They were, they were proposed. What happened here? Because obviously they had to be in faith all that time. See, they didn't even know how the devil tricked them to get out of faith. That's how subtle the devil is. That's why you and I, we've got to stay full of the word of God all the time. Get in the word every day. Don't say, well, I read my Bible once a month. That's not good enough. Try eating that much. I eat food once a month. No, I bet you won't. Yeah. Yeah. We ought to have more, we ought to have more, put more emphasis on our spirit than we do our body. Body's important. Spirit's more important. So they said, why couldn't we cast it out? Verse 20, Jesus says, and Jesus said unto them, because you didn't have enough power. No, because of your unbelief. Some translations say like lack of faith. Because I'm in the King James Bible. Because of your, I like this now. I'm going to tell you why. Because of your unbelief. Then he gives them a quick faith lesson on how to operate in faith again. He said, because of your unbelief. Because listen now, because of your unbelief, guys, your unbelief, unbelief, unbelief means that you don't believe something. Unbelieving, unbelief means you don't believe something. But now listen, unbelief doesn't mean you don't believe anything. See, when he said because of your unbelief, he was letting them know because you didn't believe what you're supposed to believe. Right. See, you believe something different. You believe you couldn't get it out. You say, well, well what are we supposed to believe for? Well, back, don't turn to it. Back, back over in Matthew 9.1 and, 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 and Luke 9.1 is where Jesus specifically told them, I give you authority and power to cast out all demons. He emphasized all two, to cast out all demons, which would include this one, wouldn't it? to cast out all demons and to heal all manner of sickness and disease. 
So he told them back then that I, I've given you authority and power in my name to cast out all demons. It doesn't matter what, what you come up against, it has to obey you. Right? Amen. And Jesus was saying the reason this one didn't come out because you quit believing what I told you. You believed it up until then. That's why you were so surprised it didn't leave. You kept cast out demons, cast out demons, cast out demons. You got to this one, it didn't work. Well, the what caused them, something must what Jesus told them, the, 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 the commission he gave them. Because he already said, I give you power over all demons. I mean, the way I would think, if I got power from Jesus over all demons, then I don't care what kinds in them, right? No matter how many, no matter how big they are, how they talk or act, I've got power over them all. So what, what, what could the devil do to influence me to not believe that? Because Jesus said the reason they didn't get it out is because of their unbelief. They chose not to believe what Jesus said. That means they chose to believe something else which would be what the devil did. Well, then you go over to Mark's account. This is Matthew's account. Over in Mark's account, you get a better description. Because it's the same story, but it says that when they brought the boy to Jesus, the demon threw the boy down the ground and started giving him a, 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 like an epileptic seizure. He started foaming at the mouth. And Jesus, and right in front of Jesus now. And I guarantee you, if the devil would do that in front of Jesus to try to get him to doubt, you know that's what happened with the disciples. I believe when they came to that boy, they, they, just like they did successfully with all those other people for months before that, they just said they knew we got power over all devils. Yeah. See, they, 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 they remember what Jesus said. That's what you do. They started off right, but then they turned their faith off. See, you can turn your faith off with the words of your mouth just like you do, just like you turn it on. So they probably commanded that demon to come out of that boy, and the devil threw the boy on the ground. He started foaming at the mouth. And then the disciples probably said, oh, this is supposed to work. I guess it didn't work this time. They chose, they, they, the devil deceived them. The devil is trying to convince them it's not going to work this time. And all they had to do is say, no, you have to leave because Jesus told us we have all power over all devils. See, that's why you've got to be grounded in the Lord. The devil will try to manipulate all kinds of things to get you to make a confession. Well, maybe I'm not healed. You've been standing on the horse side by Jesus drops out here. You go to the doctor. The doctor says, you're going to be dead in three weeks. That's when you leave and say, by Jesus drops out here, and I will live and not die. But most Christians, see, they will put man's report over God's report. Now, God can't lie. Man can. That's, that's what's so crazy about that. But they'll believe what man who can lie says over what God who cannot lie says. And they'll leave there. They were in faith, like the disciples, but because uh, of a bad report from a man, a doctor, they leave there and say, well, I thought I was healed, but I guess I'm not. You just turn your faith off right there. Yep. Shut the power of God down. Now, if you, if you could ask Jesus, how come I didn't get healed? He'd say, because of your unbelief. Right. Yeah, but Lord, I was confessing all the way to the doctor. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. I believe the word of God. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Yeah, but what happened when, when the devil gave you a bad report through that doctor? Right. You, you left there and you quit saying, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Mm -hmm. You started saying what said. Because of your unbelief. That's what happened right here. Then he gets down to verse 21. says, How be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting? This kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Now, a lot of uh, scholars and theologians will tell you that that, that that probably wasn't even in the original Greek, that verse, in the book of Matthew right there. But uh, let's say it was. You need to rightly interpret it. 
Because if this really was in the original Greek, it should be in our Bibles. Most Christians have taken this verse that when, he, when Jesus said this kind go because it goes according to this. If, if, it, if it was in the original Greek, then Jesus said it. He said, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Almost everybody I've ever heard for 50 years. Been saved for 50 years. Almost everybody I've ever heard, when they teach on that, they'll say, see, Jesus was letting them know there's certain kinds of demons that only come out by prayer and fasting. Now, that can't possibly be true. <laughs> yeah, first of all, because Jesus told them, I give you all power in my name over all demons. He didn't say, if you go read, he didn't say over all demons except the ones you got to be on a fast to cast out. There were no exceptions there. So we know if that's what it means, if that's referring to you got to be certain demons, you got to be on a fast to cast out, well, that can't be accurate. That, that wouldn't be accurate at all just because Jesus gave him power over all demons. But watch this, though. Let me, let me at least remind you this before I close. Turn over to Mark chapter 2 real quick. If you don't know this, this will help you. This clears it all up right here. Matthew chapter 2, watch this now, Matthew chapter 2, i gotta, I got I to gotta close here, Matthew chapter 2, verse 18, uh, Mark chapter 2, y'all in Mark, Mark chapter 2, verse 18, and the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast, and they come and say unto Jesus, why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't fast? So Jesus' disciples don't fast, right? We don't have to have a theologian to explain that. It's just plain English, isn't it? So right, this, this verse tells us Jesus' disciples did not fast. And you know, you know who told them not to fast? Look at verse 19. And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? That's Jesus. He's the bridegroom with them. He said, Can they fast while I'm here? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. Wow! So did you know? You probably didn't realize that. Jesus' own disciples didn't fast. We probably thought they were on 40-day fast all the time, don't we? Right. No, they didn't fast. Jesus started off with a 40-day fast, but his disciples didn't fast. He made it very clear, while I'm with you, you're, you cannot. He didn't just say, I would prefer you not fast. Maybe, maybe a little if you want. No, he said, you cannot fast while I'm with you. So why would he tell them the reason you couldn't cast the devil out because you, you, this kind of only comes out by fasting. Because you've got to be able to fast cast the devil out. If I was one of Jesus' disciples, I'd say, hey, Lord, you told me not to fast. Now you're telling me I didn't get the devil out because I didn't fast when you told me don't fast? See, that doesn't make sense either, does it? No. no. Well, what, what, what that verse means, if it was originally in there, let's say it, let's say it was. What that means is, See, people, may, they, they, they've missed that. They've, they've zeroed in when they talk about this kind comes out. They think what Jesus meant by this kind was this kind of demon. What they needed cast out of them was this kind. is talking about this kind of unbelief. Only comes out by prayer and fasting. How do you get rid of unbelief? Faith comes by hearing the word. You get in the word. What do you fast for? To lose weight? No. You fast to skip a meal so you can get in the word in prayer. So your faith will be built up so you won't have unbelief. So when Jesus said this kind comes now, in other words, it's like he answered a question they didn't ask. See, they, they, he told them that you couldn't get the devil out because of your unbelief. Right. Now, if I was their disciples, I would say, well, what do we do about that? How do we get rid of this kind of unbelief? How do we get this out of us? Well, you need to fast and pray more. You need to spend more time in the Word, in other words. 
The word gets rid of unbelief, doesn't it? Because the word brings faith. The way you starve your fears to death and feed your faith is through the word of God. Y'all getting all this? Give you a few things to chew on. Praise God. But remember, out of the three worlds, only three, heaven, earth, and hell, we're on the earth, so we're not even in hell, but we have the keys of hell and of death. We have the devil's kingdom. Right. We have his keys to his kingdom to hell. So we got hell covered. Don't, don't you have, you don't think about that at all. We're not down there fighting anybody anyway. You don't think about that at all. Plus, we got the keys. We got the devil's keys. I, I like thinking, I got his key right here. Got his keys right here. I got the devil's keys. Now, deal with is heaven and earth here. And I have all authority and power in Jesus' name in, on, in heaven and on earth. And I have to deal with the devil on earth. He's on the earth. That means he has none because I got it all. You've got it all. So what are you worried about? Should be nothing. Man, start exercising your power. That's why in that, that verse in Matthew that we, I didn't get to in uh, Matthew 16, um, 19, that's where Jesus said, also, I've given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Remember that? You can say we've got two sets of keys. We've got the keys of hell and of death. Those are some good keys. And we've got the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Well, there's only two, two kingdoms. The kingdom of hell, of darkness, and the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. We've got, keys, we got, we got the keys to both kingdoms. Man, we got it made. And Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, that means whatever you forbid is forbidden in heaven. Whatever you allow is because it's allowed in heaven. So when you say, Satan, I forbid you from operating in this person or in this situation or in my government or whatever it is, I forbid you from operating in my marriage or my, my kids' lives or my family members, I forbid you from doing that in Jesus' name. And I command you to quit. Then that's what's forbidden in heaven. And because it's forbidden in heaven, then it has to come to pass that way down here. And there's not a thing the devil can do to override it. That's right. That's right. He doesn't have any keys. Doesn't have any authority there. Yeah. He can't, he can't say, well, I'm going to override that. You can't, devil. No. But see, as a Christian, you don't even know that. You've got to have this knowledge where you can tell him, you can't do that. You're a liar. You're not going to trick me. What I forbid on this earth is forbidden because it's forbidden in heaven and there's not a thing the devil can do to unforbid it, Amen. to override it. Now, what I allow to operate on this earth, what I permit to operate on this earth, it's permitted, because it's permitted to operate in heaven. So you say, if you think, well, what can, what can we forbid and allow? Well, think about what's forbidden in heaven. That's how you know what you can forbid and allow down here. What's forbidden in heaven? Sickness is forbidden. Poverty, lack, depression, uh, lies, deception, all that's forbidden in heaven. Demons are forbidden to operate in heaven. That's what you can forbid from operating down here in people's lives and in your life. And when you say, that's how you release your faith to activate the power, to activate your authority. When you say, I forbid this from operating in my life, it won't, it won't operate in my life anymore in the name of Jesus. There you go. The devil in all of hell can't unforbid it. They cannot override it. It's done. And, because that's forbidden. Heaven's back in you. The devil can't override heaven. <laughs> no. no. Plus, I, we have his keys. So when it's forbidden, it's forbidden. And when you allow, what's allowed in heaven? Health and life and joy and peace and righteousness and prosperity, all the blessings of God. That's right. Well, then whatever you allow down here 
that's allowed in heaven. When you say, I permit that in my life, I permit that in my marriage, in my family, in my kid's life, I permit that in my ministry, in my job, in my business, I permit that in my neighborhood. I permit that in the United States of America. I permit righteousness. I allow peace and joy and, and the word of God and the blessings of heaven to function and operate in my nation. That's what I permit in Jesus' name. And the devil can come along and say, well, I don't permit that. You can say, you just shut up. We don't care what you say. I decide what's permitted. Not you, devil. You have no authority or power to, to change what I permit. Once I permit it, the devil has to say, that's it. Let's go find somebody else to attack. Because he knows you can't un unpermit what I permit. I have the keys of the kingdom of heaven, not the devil. All right, stand up. Y'all better stand up. I've given you enough to think about today.